Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Whale Nerds Podcast. This is episode 133. My name is Slater, and I'm here with Caitlin. Hello. And we're You're back. back. You're back. <laughs> I'm back. You're back. We're back. We're back. Dude. Okay, before we get into everything, because we'll get so derailed, let's go through <laughs> let's go and through our like normal. Has not a lot to do with whales at first. <laughs> yes. We're gonna do our normal announcements first. That way we can stay on topic somewhat. <laughs> Um, first of all, thank you to everyone um, for supporting us. It's 133 episodes today. Um, whether that's on Patreon, we just got some new Patreon people. Thank you for your support. Um, you. Signing up for trips. I see you guys starting to sign up for those April trips. We're so excited to see you there. Um, and then listening to the podcast, rating, reviewing it, just telling friends about it. All of that um, goes a long way for us. So we really, really appreciate your support. Um, and then a couple updates for us um, for 2023. So for this year, um, we're going to drop down to doing two episodes a month just because the two of us have um, quite a work schedule ahead of us for this year. And so we want to make sure that we're giving ourselves time to be creative, but also time to rest with our busy work schedules. And so um, it'll still come out on Fridays, but it'll be like every other week or maybe two in the middle of the month. We'll see. Um, but yeah, two episodes a month. That way we're just going to slow down the pace of recording just a little bit to do ourselves a favor because yeah. otherwise we just get to like August and then it all goes crazy anyway. <laughs> yeah. And you never know, we might under promise and over deliver if we have like a guest or something. So that's true. Yeah. And um, we still have our blog going on our website. Um, those April trips are open and they're starting to fill up. So if you're thinking of going, um, definitely get booked because we only do 25 seats each day. And um, last year they did sell out. So definitely um, get your bookings in on that. The website is thewhalenerds.com. And um, we do have merch available for our website. And then we have video versions of our episodes from 100 onwards on our YouTube. So if you want to check those out, um, definitely do that. Okay. Yes. Do you want me yeah. to talk about my sightings? Yeah, hit him with some whale stuff <laughs> before we break into some. Not whale stuff. Dirt stuff. <laughs> Dirt stuff. Okay, so uh, whale season, we're in the thick of it. It is on and going in Maui. Um, I feel like February is always baby whale month. Like there's just so many baby whales everywhere. It's just insane. And um, a couple times over the last like two weeks, we've had so many mom and calf pairs like within close proximity of each other that it's like some of the moms start to get irritated. Like they don't like it when the calves get too close together when they're down here, when they're in the feeding grounds, they don't care. But like when they're here, they're like, no, stay away from my baby. And, um, a couple times on the trip, I've like leaned my head out the window and said to the passengers, these two mom and calf pairs are too close together. One of the moms is going to freak out. I bet. And they're like, what? And then one of the moms will like breach or she'll like push the calf suddenly and make a big wake and like move them away from the boat because they are just getting too close together. And the cat, like one of them, the calf was just like, la, 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 like swimming towards this other mom calf bear, no care in the world. And the mom was like, dude, like, let's go. Do you, do you think that it's, well, probably a couple of reasons, but do you think one of the reasons might be because the calf could try to nurse on that mom? Yeah, I think that's the main reason is that they don't want the, to be feeding a calf that's not theirs. Kind of like elephant seals are like that too on the beach. Like when there's another pup around, they start screaming at it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, that's in a lot of documentaries. So, um, and then one encounter we had where the moms and cows started to get too close together, the escort 
stepped in and chased off the other mom calf pair. It was so weird. Huh. And then like that escort, he like came and he had a really white belly. So he came upside down and like did this big swoop maneuver in front of the boat. And we could see it all because he was glowing underwater, basically. And the one mom and calf swam off away from the boat. And then he went back to the original mom calf pair he was with. And then she like kicked him out and he like left her and started breaching. And we were like, what just happened? Like, this is my mama. <laughs> yeah. He's like, get away from them. And like trying to defend her. And then when he went back to her, she was like, get away from me. <laughs> it's, it's so incredible how many different like uh, situations can occur while we're watching. Yeah. That like, even though we watch them every, almost every single day, like still new things or different things. Oh yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just always new every <laughs> yep. day. Like yep. every trip. Yep. And then I saw, I did actually see something I've never seen before. Um, we came up on, um, it was our second trip of the day. So it was pretty warm. It was like 11 o'clock departure. Came up on a mom who had been sleeping. Like I'd seen her since we left the Harbor, just that dorsal fin out of the water. And when I slowed down and got to her, I was like, why does her back look weird? So I got the binoculars out to look closer her skin was dry she'd been I'm floating surface yeah she'd been floating with her back out of the water for so long her skin was dry just like from that day or for like days no just from that day like probably oh, just okay. over the course of That's like funny. 45 minutes or however long she was laying there okay that kind of relates to hippos i want to talk, <laughs> talk about that later <laughs> i'm surprised a bird hadn't just landed yeah well, we don't really have birds just here say, like that. No yeah. Goals, like, yeah. Land on the back. No, the if there back. was gulls here, one definitely would have landed on this whale if it laid there long enough that her skin dried out. Yeah. That's so, funny. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, we had, I had my first double digit competition group of the season. I think it was like Ooh. 11 or 12 whales. Nice. That was pretty cool to see. Um, and I did see a mom who, was all the way ran over by a boat it's all healed up but she looked like a stegosaurus like down her back the prop Dang. scars were crazy it's just like smooth black like bulbs like yep. kind of looking thing. Yep. okay yeah yeah now i don't know i i think it was probably a pretty decent sized propeller like probably a 60 plus foot long boat and it just like went all from like halfway between her dorsal fin to her blowhole all the way down to her dorsal fin. From her blowholes? Yeah. Like from like maybe four feet back from the blowhole all the way to the dorsal fin. Dang. Yeah. But she had a calf. She looked good. Everything's healed. So. Dang. Imagine. Well, it's probably if she, if it's that healed, then it happened years A while before. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was going to say it'd be crazy. To imagine if she was pregnant and it happened. Yeah. And like your mom is a boss. Yeah. She so. fought a boat and <laughs> I mean, and she still could like fluke normally, like her posture looked okay. So even though it was like right on her spine, I think Oh, do you think that just was... hurts so bad? Yeah. It's kind of weird. You realize that any propeller touches us, we're dead. And like a yeah. humpback can handle a propeller just drilling across yeah. the back and yeah. then still live. Yeah. I um, mean, humans are pretty resilient too, but did you yeah, get like an ID on that whale? Has that whale been seen before there with that scar? I don't think I got her fluke. I'll have to look, but I don't think I got her fluke ID. I think my naturalist did, so somebody did, but oh, okay. yeah. Huh. Well, that's sad and cool, I guess. Yeah. And then we've had a couple singers like under the boat, 
you can hear it through the boat with the engines off, which is like my favorite thing ever. And you had something else happen in the Hawaiian Islands. That was pretty insane. Oh, yes. I didn't see it, but we did share the the report that came out a couple days ago. A helicopter tour company found whales feeding in Hawaii. Where at? I don't know I exactly where. Okay. I don't know exactly where. I think that company I, is okay, Maui-based. Just so you know, I already knew this was going on. <laughs> like, I, I just... It's just kind of how like the gray whales where it's like they it's just like it's just like things have changed and we've we learned they've people have learned more scientists have learned more over the years right like they say like yeah whales aren't eating on the migration and it's like no gray whales are picking up mud all up and down the coast the mm-hmm. whole time and yeah. then it's like okay well and then people in, in the in San Ignacio will even say that gray whales are feeding there like they're or at least trying or trying yeah, or whatever trying. It might not be a yeah. lot but I mean, if they're going to be laying in the mud, they might as well scoop some up and sift through it. It's not, you know, abnormal for them. And so I'm just saying, and those, what are those fish called? The lance, lancer fish? Lantern. Lancer lantern. fish. So the lancer yeah. fish, the dolphins are feeding on them. I mean. Well, they, we also have like Is a that Hawaiian, what it was? We also have like a Hawaiian sardine. So okay. like we even have, have a bigger bait fish. I don't know. It doesn't say. And the photos, you know, because they're from the helicopter. It's just dark school of fish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's we've had a lot of um, tuna lately, like on the North Shore of Maui, there's been tuna for weeks, like big ones. And um, I even saw some small tuna in between the islands of Maui. I was seeing them in Ma'alaya Bay and I was seeing them on the west side towards Alawalu. Um, so there's definitely a lot of bait around because it's bringing in those big predatory fish. Yeah, uh, It's got to happen. Maybe it happens at night more. Yeah, maybe. We'll feed at night. Yeah, they do. It obviously I mean, it's not, might not be enough, like that they're all like some 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 whales might not care. Like the males might not care, but a female might care. Like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and then not there's not the, the those photos are like all adult whales, right? So like do moms with calves take a break to feed or do they feel like they can't leave their calf unattended, you know? Because I never really see them get more than 50 yards apart. That's new science. It is new science. That is so cool. I bet they talk about it at Whale Tales next week. Ooh. Oh, question. How is the visibility getting because of all that craziness? Because when your your parents were first there, it was a lot of Oh, yeah. It rained water. for like five days. Yeah. It rained a lot. Um, It's better. It's definitely a lot better. Okay, because I mean, I'm coming in a few, you know what I'm saying? I'll be there in uh, how many days? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I leave. Oh, in seven days exactly, I leave. So, yeah. in seven days, they better clear it up because I'm coming in hot. Well, I can't turtles. guarantee what's going to happen in the next seven days, but hey. right now it's clear. Okay, fine. I mean, that's how I felt when my parents were coming. I was like, oh, yeah, everything's been really good. Was the and whole then, bam. Coast, like, was the yeah. whole. So like yeah. behind uh, like everything. Everything was full of that red lava. I'm gonna get a little leaf blower, bring it with me. Blow <laughs> <laughs> it off the beach. <laughs> All right. But yeah, it's good. Right now, Maui's good. And I know some of you listeners have been here because you've been messaging me saying you're here, saying hi, Ooh. yelling at me in Lahaina Harbor. <laughs> nice. So it's been good to hear from you guys oh i'm talking shaved ice actually i gotta go i gotta go get some shaved ice oh my god <laughs> i gotta i gotta practice 
You got where can you get shave ice in Monterey? Nowhere. I'm opening a stand on oh Colorado <laughs> Street. <laughs> And I'm gonna have the ice imported from Maui. <laughs> it's gonna have a little salty air to it. You need the machine imported, <laughs> not the ice. <laughs> yeah, it will melt. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited to go to Maui. Yeah, we have like cool. three or four trips a day scheduled. Oh, do you gotta... really? Yeah, but I, we kind of put them all down, and we told them like we may like not go on like one of them, and the, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, and we might yeah. not skip like the middle of the day to go snorkeling and stuff or something mm-hmm. but yeah and then we got to schedule a trip on with you guys for the stars oh yeah are you doing that not you um but... no i don't work that trip but they are doing it oh yeah yeah every okay, saturday yeah. night with harriet my tie and some stars <laughs> so yeah i want to schedule that too so all right let's hear it dude you went to africa I don't know exactly how to put it into words, but it's, I guess you could say kind of life-changing in a way. Um, It is life-changing and you instantly feel like when you're there, like, how can I come back here? Because it's, it's amazing. The people are super nice. Um, The landscapes are kind of ridiculous. Just crazy. (laughs) Like just ridiculous. And um, actually it was, way more green than i thought obviously it was because of the areas we were into yeah like amboseli is a big like marshland and mm-hmm. it has all the water coming down from kilimanjaro mm-hmm. but yeah it was really green and um i think that one of the craziest things is ha- the abundance of animals that were there like like in the amboseli in particular you're looking out at like let's say you're looking at watching an elephant but like behind this elephant there's dozen more elephants and then there's hundreds of zebras and wildebeest and there's uh just and then there's like way in the distance you might see a giraffe like cruising past like mm-hmm. chewing on some trees and so the abundance of animals is crazy and then the amount of different species that like you can see like so let's say we're like cruising along the wetlands there could be like flamingos spoonbill mount Malibu, uh what is it marabou storks there's um margo found this bird called a black umbrella bird which is like so it's like a you know like a greenish red or like a heron mm-hmm. like like a, you know what i'm talking about like that a style. reddish her- yeah yeah what is it it looks red, like green, it kind of looks like egret yeah like those yeah. ones okay so there's a black umbrella it's called a black umbrella bird and it literally takes its feathers and covers it over its head and makes it looks like a little black umbrella on the water <laughs> and then fish go under for shade yeah and then, and then it, it catches them, them. That's so cool. And like, we saw that and it's like, that's like something you see, you know, like an unique animal that they'd put into like BBC or something. Yeah. And they would like like David Attenborough should be talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, it was so cool. And then like the spoonbill is like annoying it and like pecking at its butt while it's trying to like hunt (laughs) and like, cause it's trying to steal the fish that go under it and stuff. And yeah. And so uh, what was really cool is these elephants are in this marsh water, like up to their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And they're like wa- just walking through the mud, like it's no big deal. Um, and like shoulder high, muddy water, kind of grabbing the the greens, the grass and stuff. And then I mean, elephants swim. Yeah, and then um, and then there's just hippos right next to them, <laughs> like in the same spot. Yeah. And I think because they're all like herbivores, that they're like they're all just chill with each other. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they maybe they're eating the same thing, but they're luckily there's enough of it that they don't need to compete yeah and so it's really cool um and then 
there's oh there's buffalo right next to them and sitting in the mud or like eating doing the same thing these ele- and it's cool because the elephants they'll like pull this like they'll pull like i don't know what it is exactly they're eating it's like a lot tall grass so basically and they'll pull it and they'll yank it out of the water and then they'll whack it across the water to get the mud off and clean then it up it. yeah nice. they clean it and then eat it <laughs> nice um yeah and then the mara the maasai mara is just like incredible landscapes crazy like just long grassy green hills with like random um oh shoot i forget the name of the tree it's not an acacia tree i forget it's just like these one random trees that are like every like so many like sometimes a mile between like Mm -hmm. the trees and there's just one it's like that tip very typical like tree like you feel like the you af- see with typical the africa yeah. shot yeah yeah and um and then like chase was telling us he's like i was like are we gonna see like how many lions are we gonna see and he's like it won't be how many lions you'll see it'll be like what lines do we go see like mm-hmm. there's a, there's like a lions over here there's a pride over here um there's a male sitting under a tree here and they kind of like know where they're all at like because there's yeah. a lot of people communicating and stuff yeah and so uh, I'll never forget. We like first pulled into the Mara, and and in the Mara, you you can kind of go off road more than you can in the Ambaselli. Mm-hmm. In the Ambaselli, you're like stuck to the road, and there's not yeah. really like off roading. A little there's, and so there's more like off roading in the Mara. And so when we first get in there, our we kind of split into two cars, and then our driver we're driving, and then he goes, "Oh, have you seen these before?" And he just like turns off the road and like goes towards them. I'm like, wow, like this is awesome. <laughs> and so um, it was, and we he showed us these um animals called toppy which are really cool they have really cool coloration they're kind of like a wildebeest looking animal and then there's also another thing called a heart beast which is really cool their horns shape into a heart oh that's um, cool yeah and so anyways we're driving 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 and then he kind of didn't tell us but he got on the radio and they're talking swahili mm-hmm. so he got on the radio and the other car had found a lion like a pride of lions or actually it was just a mom and her cubs and so we're driving and then he just pulls in between these two bushes and then he's like, look out the window. And I look left, like four feet away is a mom and her cub, like literally just outside the <laughs> oh car window. God. And so that was our first, we did see lions in Amicelli, but they were kind of far. Yeah. So that was our first like encounter, I would say with lions. And Margo and I look out the window and it's like four feet away. And she just like opens her eyes and is looking at us. And we're like, <laughs> wow, if she wants to, she could just jump through this window. <laughs> but they don't, they like stare at you and look there. And then they just go back to sleep while watching you. Yeah yeah okay so um, you went to kenya with chase decker yeah. who's yeah. been a guest on our podcast and so you went to are both of those places you went to um decker, wildlife well, refuges yeah national well yeah they're national parks but like mm-hmm. the masai mara something about it it's like half government owned and half like mm-hmm. owned by like a reserve or something but yeah. they're still one place yeah um and then we also went to a place called Lake Naivasha, which is really cool. Um, literally the hippos come out. So hippos get out of the water at night mm-hmm. and where we stayed, like in this, re- like, I don't know, you call it a resort, camp. I guess, or like, yeah. Camp. yeah, there's like a big fenced off, like half circle that goes to the water and the mm-hmm. hippos come up in there and they keep it, they close the gates. Like you can walk during the day and there's like giraffes and there's zebras mm-hmm. and they'll just sleep in there overnight or leave if they want to, but then they have to close the gates at night because the hippos will come through. Mm-hmm. and they'll be in front of your house so <laughs> oh like literally like right in front of your hotel and yeah so yeah so they close that night and then you can like shine a flashlight out and see hippos just chomping oh all the grass oh my gosh 
And so in this same place, we did a boat tour in one of the days and it's like kind of sketchy. <laughs> There's, it's not, it's like actually not scared. I didn't feel scared at all, but I can see how people would feel scared because yeah. there's like a hippo like 150 feet away yeah and it's just like laying in the water and it's definitely looking at you and you're like and it's it's not like it's laying it can probably run underwater really easily yeah. and yeah. so if it wanted to like charge the boat it could and then there's fishermen in this water not with boats they swim out put their nets to catch tilapia and they so they set their nets during the like the day and then they uh -huh. let it overnight and then they go get them in the morning Literally, they said there's like average of like nine deaths a year in the lake from fishermen. Because getting... of the hippos? Yes, the hippos kill the fishermen. Oh my God. And then get this. they, <laughs> So these people go in the water. They're swimming like hundreds of feet away from hippos. I think they kind of like, they probably know. So the fishermen know how to like avoid them probably. But it's like, yeah. if it goes underwater and comes up right next to you, how do you avoid oh, that, right? Oh my God. And so yeah, and, and then we go and buy a fish from the fishermen. Mm-hmm to feed for, a, to show like the fishing eagles and they come down like instantly, just like regular eagles, but they're, they're super beautiful. And so we buy fish, $3 for the fish in their money. So like 300 um, shillings. It's like, so it's like a, like not even a dollar or whatever, like dollar 50. And so it's like that they do it for $3. Holy so like they, crap. Like it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So Dang. yeah, the amount of like work they put in to sell those fish and like risk their lives with hippos is pretty incredible dude they should you should have freaking paid them double <laughs> we did no we did we you tipped the fishermen and tipped the like boat crew but oh good so then um after lake night so we went to, yeah so it was ambicelli then lake naivasha for like two nights and then one of those days we drive to another lake um shoot oh lake nakuru and that's where we saw our first um northern white rhinos and northern black rhinos and they were separate cool and you want to know a cool fact that yes. the northern like the white rhino actually wasn't they didn't mean to call it a white rhino it's actually a wide mouth rhino that they like messed up the pronunciation so it just became white rhino and black oh. rhino so it was supposed <laughs> to be like the northern wide mouth rhino but they yeah, like yeah. messed up the i guess supposedly they like i don't know if that's factual but that's what they said so i mean i kind of believe it i mean that's what the local guide said yeah yeah so uh but yeah we saw both those really cool they were actually like out down by the water and then they, we were all just, there's like three cars parked and they, they ended up walking right towards us. Like they were far, they were like a quarter mile away. And so we just sat there and the Rangers had like gone over there. So I don't know if that's what moved them out, but like, cause Rangers like are heavily guarding rhinos. Mm -hmm. and so they went over there and then like one of them got out of the car and then like got back in the car. And I don't know if that's why the rhinos moved, but they walked right towards us and went between our cars. But it was cool because wow. they like kind of like looked at the cars for a minute and then like turned around and walked away and then came back. So they were like trying to choose whether they should run through. And then when they get between the cars, they like gallop like really quickly between the cars. <laughs> and there, there was also a uh, little baby, too. So it's kind of why I think. Oh, yeah. But yeah. So really cool. And they have really long horns. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. When you leave them alone, what their horns actually look like. Yeah. It's really cool because in actually in all three places there were rangers with yeah. like ak's or like mm -hmm. assault rifles guarding the animals even the mm -hmm. lions and um actually even so something else is the cheetahs are even being guarded because the cheetahs are having it the worst their cubs keep getting eaten by like um hyenas like so i could go on a huge another rant but yeah basically they're guarding the cheetahs too to make sure that their cubs can like survive they're trying to scare off like leopards and lions away from cheetah cubs because oh. the cheetahs aren't doing very well. 
But from what Chase says is Chase said that like evolutionally, evolution. How do you say that? Evolutionarily. Yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> that cheetahs are kind of just like not built for like surviving, like compared to the other like lions and leopards and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and and then like hyenas, hyenas are a big problem for them taking out their cubs. So. Yeah, it was incredible. And there were so many birds. I saw beaters. I saw kingfishers, uh, Malachite kingfisher, gray-headed kingfisher. Uh, there's a giant kingfisher, which all kingfishers are super cool. Yeah, they're really pretty birds. Yeah. Um, fish. The fishing eagle was really pretty. It's like all brown on the backside and then like up to, and then the chest to face is white. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but oh, okay, so we can transition from hip- we'll start with hippos and then we can go into it. So we had hippos next to, there was hippos everywhere, everywhere we went actually, but like in the Mara, they were along the river. And so in the Mara at the, like this place called sand river, our camp oh, like was along the edge of the river, but up mm-hmm. on a hill. And mm-hmm. so like the hippos come out and do walk through your tents at night. So you have to like stay in your tent or call, um, call someone to come like walk you to the main tent if you want to go get drinks or something yeah only at night though yeah and so mostly you're in your tent at night going to bed anyways because it's like yeah. it's a long day of safaris but yeah we're walking back from dinner and there's a hippo in the middle of the walkway and so we're <laughs> like there's like seven of us and the like guy walking us to our tents and he's mm-hmm. just shining the light of the hippo and the hippo kind of takes off and it's like doesn't know where to go through all these oh, tents no. it's like <laughs> like stampeding around um but yeah, it ended up, I don't know if it went back to the water, just moved on like somewhere else yeah. in the area. Yeah. And so, yeah, they feed. Um, but during breakfast, one of the mornings, we went to a different part of the Mara River. And it's like where there's actually a crossing during the Great Migration. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like low in that area. And you can like, you were up on a cliff and we can look down. And there's tons of hippos. And there was two male, or it was like a male that was defending his little group of girls. His and hair. Yeah. yeah, he's fighting they're fighting each other and stuff and then there's like all these hippos that are like the shadow the sun is behind them and so it's like casted over another cliff on the other side so they're in mm-hmm. this there's like in this group of sh- like this bit of shade and so when these these hippos come up for air literal gray whale spouts like <laughs> and you can see it in the like perfect they just look yeah. like spouts yeah and so it's I don't know. They're just straight up whales. I mean, yeah, they act like text- whales. They sit there. <laughs> I think there you like- texted me after that and you're like, dude, hippos are whales. <laughs> yeah. And then they're walking around <laughs> underwater blowing bubbles. And so it's just like, they're whales. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and it really does make sense. Like, gray whales do make sense to be a hippo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think about, I mean, like, gray whales dig eat. around in the sand. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, well, let's talk about how hippos are and whales are related. That's what I prepared for this episode because I knew you'd seen a lot of let's hippos. So um, we're going to take it back to our favorite book, Spying on Whales. We're going to be talking about Pachycetus and all that good stuff the, way back in the family tree of whales and hippos. My favorite. <laughs> so uh, this article is titled Hippos and Whales, Unlikely Cousins. Scientists in the late 1700s first noticed similarities between whales and hippos through their reproductive organs, but thought that was incidental. It wasn't until the 1980s when a skeleton of Pachycetus was first discovered containing remnant bones found only in whales and even toed hoofed animals such as camels, pigs, and giraffes. Um, 
Another thing that linked uh, their family trees, which is artiodactyla and cetacea, is their ear bones. So they have two unique features, um, the involucrum and the sigmoid process, which allows whales to hear underwater. Um, Pachycetus' skeleton also had a very unique shaped ankle bone containing a double pulley feature only seen in even-toed hoofed animals and not even in odd-toed hoofed animals such as horses and rhinos. So even though a rhino might look like it could potentially be related to a hippo, if you look at their yeah. ankles, they're different. Um, so based on the fossil record, scientists have determined that whales are related to land-dwelling animals that lived on Earth between 52 and 47 million years ago. Um, these early whales were adapted to coastal habitats, and over time they were slowly able to transition to the fully marine mammals that we recognize today. So hippos and whales share that common ancestor that lived on land that made the transition to water. But then hippos branched off like 50 million years ago and kind of stayed semi-aquatic and then whales went full marine. So the first whale that we know of doesn't really look anything like a whale at all. It's an ancient whale named Pachycetus. Uh, Pachycetus lived entirely on land, but was well adapted to swimming like dogs or bears. And Pachycetus was bear-like, but then the next um, animal in line that became more aquatic, Ambulocetus, had bigger feet, um, thicker thighs, and a tail more suitable for swimming. But it was it covered in hair, like it looked like a furry alligator. <laughs> Um, and then this creature was still living on land, but very comfortable in the water from 48 to 41 million years ago. So then the next one in line that transitioned to become towards more like a whale. Um, I'm going to say this wrong, probably could you see this was entirely marine. It had a flat tail that would be used for swimming by moving up and down. And then its snout became elongated and the nostrils were on the top. Um, to allow its body to be more submerged in water while still breathing. And then the eyes were located near the top of its head so it could see prey near the shore, um, but its body was underwater. So that's actually kind of how a hippo looks too, right? Like their eyes and their nose are up above the water, but the rest of their body submerged. Ooh, Petrocetus is kind of cool looking. Yeah. It's got some and then, too. um, then they became the transition for, to Myocetus and Dorudon, and those are the final examples of ancient whales becoming fully marine. Their hind limbs actually were still on their body, but not attached to their spine, and they were more used for like steering than they were for propulsion, and they couldn't support any weight on land. And then their ear bones continued to change a little bit to be better adapted to hearing underwater. And then their jaws kind of changed to be able to grip and slice their prey. Dang. So even though like hippos and whales separated off, there is kind of like, like that Cuchicetus animal. Hippos still share like some characteristics of that. I, the, the Durodon, have you seen a picture, a picture or like an yeah. illustration of it? I mean, it's pretty, it looks, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> It, it totally makes sense. Dang, we got. I said it once. I say it again. We got to go back <laughs> and photograph some stuff. I mean, so then there's another article I found 
on Berkeley's website, um, which covers a lot of the same stuff, um, but talks a little bit more about how scientists figured some of this stuff out. So um, they talk about how compared to other early whales, Indocetus and Pachycetus, um, the one that makes the next step, Ambulocetus, actually lived a much more aquatic lifestyle. Its legs were shorter. Its hands and feet were um, enlarged like paddles and its tail became more long and muscular. And so that helped them determine that this is the next step of an animal that started to live more aquatic because of those features. Um, But also the fossils are in um, rock layers that show that it used to be an estuary, like where the animal died, it died in an estuary. And then they were able to take isotopes of the oxygen in its bones and determine like what it was eating and drinking. And the animal had indications of eating and drinking in fresh and salt water. So, so that's like where the marsh water. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Like moss landing. Like that's a freshwater yeah. input meeting the ocean. Um, and so studying those Brackish. isotopes. Yeah. You can kind of go, okay, this animal's starting to spend a lot of time in the water and it's starting to spend time in salt water. And then once they, um, looked further down the line at like Cuchicetus and further down, then those isotopes were showing that those animals were basically exclusively living in salt water. And then there was a point where they could drink salt water somewhat. Yeah. So it was a mix on, but probably not a lot. Yeah. And then the composition of the ocean changed over time too. So the ocean was not the same chemical makeup back then as it is today. So it may have been easier for their body to process because it had less of um, certain minerals in it. And that's in the that's in the article, too. So if you're a chemistry nerd and you want to look at that, I'll put the link up on the Facebook post with the episode so you can kind of see. It's a cool graph of like all the different kinds of animals and the isotopes and like the composition Mm. of the water in the ocean. Um, And then, yeah, that could you see this transition again with the longer snout something that's starting to look more like a blowhole. Um, and then the eyes are still on top of the head, um, which that changes later on. Um, so that making that transition to fully aquatic obviously shows the relation to today's whales. Um, and then having those limbs separate on the back of the animal away from the spine and become more like paddles and then become basically useless. Um, and then how their tail moved. So when you watch a whale swim, right, their their whole spine is moving up and down. It's moving vertical um, in the water column. And so that is a remnant of being a land animal. Because when you look at sharks and fish, their tail moves horizontally back and forth because those animals stayed in the ocean and never mm. came out onto land and then went back. So having it move up and down shows that that animal came to land because its spine needed to change how it moved on four limbs. And then they went back to the sea. Dang. That's that part. I was like, oh, I never thought about it like that. Well, so I'm looking at that first chart, the evolution of whales. Mm-hmm. So when the hippo started changing, wait. Yeah, it's it's kind of like three different. Look, it's, what is it? Indo. Indocetus. Is that what it is? Hang on, let me pull it up. Endoi, endoesis, and pachycetus. And so there's like a couple right there that it's like, so this is like millions of years between each one of those animals. 
Yes. Yeah, so um, the common ancestor between the Indohius and the Pachycetus with the hippo is like 55 million years ago. And then the hippos kind of stayed on their own track. And then these other animals turned into whales. So it's a little bit, the way it's drawn, it's a little bit confusing on the fam, like the family tree. Yeah, because it looks like it goes hippo, then all of these things, and then. Yeah, so really what you want to look at is the fact that there's a branch between the hippo and the rest of those animals. So there was a common land animal that they were all related to. And then those, that animal split into different versions of things. Sheesh. I know. Crazy. Just who makes crazy. this stuff? Who who wrote this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Does it have the um author at the bottom of this? Oh, it has all the papers, but I don't I don't think it says who actually wrote it at Berkeley, this uh, particular article. So much stuff. But yeah, I think it was it was cool to think about the spine thing, right? Like these animals came out of the ocean, yeah, evolved they- on land, and then went back to the ocean. And when they were out of the water, they evolved four limbs and then they went back to the water and they got rid of two of them. But their it spine still is set up as if they had four limbs. Set up that. Yeah, it's just so yeah. I mean, it's set up for if they were running on all fours. Yes. Dang. Yes. Who did this? And who started moving their blowholes? <laughs> what I don't get is like. It's like the blow. Like, so their nostrils are at the tip of the nose. Right. And then it slowly moves back. Yep. But how yeah. and why and like when does is it like every 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 like five hundred years are they moving a little further? Yeah, I mean it's so it's just the result of random mutation, right? And when you look at actually that part of it, only happened I think over the course of like ten million years, which is really short when you think about how long it takes for things to randomly mutate. Like ten million years is a short amount of time for it to go from like the front of the face to like a blowhole. But this mutation you're talking about is like artificial. Death. Like, how does it how does it tell the DNA so like to start changing? Every every time animals mate and have a baby, you get a random combination of genetics coming through. But it's right? like, but you got to understand, it's like your body's DNA is writing how much, like it's writing a code yes. of how many times yes. you went in the water, and it's like you really don't need this. So sort of, That's and then you know what I mean. Some of it is like, oh, a random combination came together, and now this animal survives better. So it's going to have more babies than everybody else. And this random change in the code is going to stay because this animal is having more and more babies and all the rest are not going to have as many babies. So then that becomes the dominant feature. But they have to, uh, but they still have to mate with that one that looks different. Yes. But if that one that looks different also has way better fitness and lives longer, then it's going to have more potential for mates. And so it's not like just, it's not like just one is like, it's not like it just happened to one animal. Like it probably happened to multiple and then their offspring, right? Like, it's not like just one animal had two, then their two grew up and then their two had two. And then, you know what I mean? It's hard to say. It could have been both, but yeah, that's why it's like 10 million years. That's how it takes 10 million years for that to happen. Which when you think about the grand scheme of how long these animals have existed, that's a short amount of time, but it's still 10 million years to make those changes just by these animals breeding. So do you think we'll look different at 10 million years? Well, we're, probably, oh, we're sure. not going to be here anyways. Well, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> but we would, right? I mean, think about how did you make a teacup chihuahua out of a wolf? Yeah, that's weird. 
That's Did they just- though? selective breeding people like certain traits so then they bet bred the two dogs together that had those traits so their babies would have those traits and then just so on and so on and so on is there a dog evolution picture like this <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wolf and then a teacup <laughs> poodle so then the other thing that's pretty interesting to think about is um hippos and whales and how their skin is deals with water. Do you want to talk about your observations with hippos and their skin? <laughs> well, I was going to tell you that <laughs> hippos, actually all the animals like to have birds on their back, but hippos are swimming around in the water, like with their backs out of the water, not swimming. They're like walking around mm-hmm. and they'll have like a cattle egret standing on their back. It's kind of funny. Is the cattle egret just fishing or is it eating stuff off the hippo? No, it's just like catching a ride. Um, I don't know. Let me see if it's the cattle egret. There's a couple birds that hang around them. Yeah, it is a cattle egret. So I think when the, what happens is when the hippo starts to feed, it like stirs up bugs from the grass mm-hmm. and the yeah. cattle egret's picking the same, same with yeah. the elephants, same way. It'll do it with a yeah. lot of the animals, Yeah. but it seems like the hippos and the elephants, they're usually following them around. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's crazy because uh, ah, there's another bird I'm trying to think that was doing it too. But I mean, this hippo is just chomping and like, you'll see it. Like the bird is almost between the mouth. Like it's really trying to get in there. And grab Bold. Them. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but it's, it's, well, it's, it's, have you seen them in Maui, the cattle egrets in Maui when they, um, when the landscapers are mowing, uh, uh-uh. dude, they are like right where the propeller, like the blade kicks out from the mower. No, same thing. They have their they face have the like mouth. right in there. They're like chasing the mower right by the blade. Just really? with their head in there. I'm like, oh my God, how do you not get shredded? The first one probably did. And they're like, hey, don't go that close. <laughs> Dang. So, I mean, they have a symbiotic relationship with a lawnmower. <laughs> I mean, that's a sad fact. Is Cattle like, egrets, they're ruthless, man. They don't care. I mean, that's like the sad fact of the killer whales in Norway, right? They're they're like hoping some of the fish fall out of the net when they're fishing for the herring up there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. So. 50 plus million years ago, hippos and whales split off. They came from early mammals. So these animals had a lot of body hair until the both sides of this family tree started using the water more, right? So the current scientific thinking is that aquatic skin traits were already present in the amphibious ancestor of hippos and cetaceans, um, which is whales, dolphins, porpoises. Um, But there remains a debate on how and when cetaceans fully return to the water. So they researched um, hippos and whales, and they were looking at their skin and how it deals with water. Because they are technically mammals. They do still technically have hair. Like hippos have hair on their face, but also all over their back. Whales have hair on their face. Um, So then... The researchers looked at like the genes that control how skin is made in in the body of these animals, and they actually got genetics from a pygmy hippo as well, which helped kind of like crack the code. So they found out that whales and hippos evolved their ability to have aquatic skin independently. Because it's not like like when we get in the water, we get all wrinkly and pruney, right? And then our skin layers become really yeah. soft and like you're more prone to get cuts and things like that. Like our skin is not made to be in the water all the time. Like imagine if you were in the water for 48 hours. 
Yeah. Your skin would be like, what the heck? <laughs> but they're normally adapted for that. So they found out that the hippo lineage had genes to adapt to the water much, much more recently than whales did. And um, whales completely lack sweat glands, but hippos have these specialized sweat glands that produce this thing that looks like blood. So they call it blood sweat because their sweat is orange. Mm, is that what makes their skin look? I think that I think some of it, but look, look it up. Cause the pictures are crazy of it. So they're orange colored sweat. Um, not only is it sweat, it also has antimicrobial and sunscreen yeah. properties in it because yeah, so they they're like, oily. yes. And they're yeah. semi-aquatic. So they need sun protection like whales. They don't really get that sunburned because they can dive down out of the sunlight. They definitely do get a little bit of a sunburn when they're in the breeding grounds because the water is so clear. But in general, they don't get that sunburned as long as they're healthy and swimming normally. They also, um, hippos secrete. Hold on one second. Let me Google it. They also have this, like, they secrete the stuff from their eyes to keep, like, the stuff out of their eyes. Secret. Yes. Um, yes. It's like this white stuff. It comes out of everything. They don't have true It's called sebum, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We had like it looks like in my and it's funny because I went live on Instagram, but like it, this whale had like white coming out of both of its eyes and like out of its mouth. It looked like it was dying, but it was like the hippo just, did. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. It was fine. So, um, the skin of whales is way thicker because they're fully in the water, um, but hippos they have more of like a sorry let me read this again in addition the epidermis is much thicker in cetaceans but given their fully aquatic lifestyle the skin does not act as a barrier to desiccation as it does in hippos which retain a more primitive skin type overall so hippos they have to coat their skin with that oil so that they don't dry out whereas whales like they're never going to dry out because they're in the water right yeah well, except for that one that I saw her dorsal fin was dry. <laughs> and I, I bet you that probably looks how the hippos look because they look crusty, like on the top. If they're, yeah, because sometimes they are just have their backs out of the water. Mainly they just put their heads up and breathe. Yeah. And they yeah. wonder for like five minutes or whatever. And sit yeah. There. I think being in the water like that with that big of a body size helps them regulate their body temperature in addition to protect them from getting sunburned. But it's pretty crazy that they like secrete stuff that keeps their skin clean, like antimicrobial, like soap, you know? Um, and then also, uh, is a sunscreen. Can you imagine your sweated sunscreen out? That'd be cool. Yeah. Also hippos poop really weird. Yes, they do. <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> yes. And it happened like many times and they just spin that tail like a freaking windmill. Yep. They say that's to mark their territory. It pulverizes oh, really? the feces and then spreads it as a way to mark territory. Yeah, well, they do a good job at it. Better than dogs <laughs> when they fake scratch like 20 feet away from where they pooped. So, yeah. So things you had to uh, evolve to become a semi-aquatic and then fully marine animal. You had to have your nose on top of your head. You had to have special skin. You had to lose most of your body hair. You know, And then your legs. You had to lose your legs to become fully marine. And they grunt a lot. 
the hippos, hippos do. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, like, at night when you're sleeping, you'll hear, like, hippos, like, like they sound <laughs> like that. And then you'll hear, um, let's see, like, oh, let me look it up so I can, like, try to. It's, like, the lion. You'll hear the lion at night. Oh, yeah, the morning call. It's, like, when they just wake up at night, it's, like, this low. It's, like, a purr, but not a purr. It's, mm. like, like, it's it's so weird. And you're, like, you can, you can, and it could be, like, a mile away or, like, miles away. Yeah. And you're in these lions wake up. And it's, like, right around, mm. like, right after sunset and gets dark. If you're mm -hmm. laying in there, you'll hear them do it. Uh, I posted a video of one doing it in the morning, but it's loud. It's, like, really pretty loud. Yeah, it carries. And they also yeah. can, like, roar really, really loud, too. Yeah. And that you can definitely hear from miles. But, yeah, they'll, it's like, do it. And then, like, because the, the males will be by themselves for the most part. Mm -hmm. And then the lioness, like, the pride will be somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they'll just be separated. And then when the male wakes up, he'll, like, roar and, like, let them know where they're at. Yeah. And we, we watched. We had, like, 13 or 14 um, young males, young females, and then, like, moms and stuff all together laying next to this little, like, mud hole. And in the early morning at sunrise and you, we heard a male and like, I have a video of me. And I'm like, Margo happened to be recording me. <laughs> and I'm like, what was it? Like, I was like, did you hear that? And then like, you hear it in the distance and every one of those lions was laying down, lifted his head up and looked like that way. And started like, like it like was on point, like, okay, the males up or like whatever's mm -hmm. going on. Like they instantly were like alert and then like nothing happened for like a minute or so. And then they all put their heads back down and went back to sleep. <laughs> But it's pretty cool. Like, and we couldn't find the mail. The mail, it's like over the hill or something, but yeah. they heard it. Yeah. I mean, that cool. low frequency sound, it just travels a long way, right? Like, are that's they, part of why whales they... use it. Elephants use it. I mean, elephants create sound that like vibrates through the ground yeah. and they can hear each other through their feet. Like, it's crazy. Is the lion's not the loudest land animal, right? I don't think so. I think it's, um, I guess, howler monkey, maybe 128 yeah. decibels, but it's pretty loud. I'm pretty sure they're probably one of the top tiger pistol shrimp, huh? One, <laughs> of, the top, one of the top 10 whales. Okay. Off topic, but yeah, they're loud, <laughs> but hippos yeah. are loud and you hear all these animals at night and then it rains like it rained like every other night and not just rain, like lightning and thunder and thunder. Wow. And it's like, a lot like the i never seen that much lightning like i've seen a, i've been to in a lot of storms in like arizona at the river and stuff mm -hmm. but this was like there was a flash of lightning i mean every like three seconds yeah and i was like what the heck These, yep. it's just normal like yeah. i'm like and the people that live there are just like it's very normal you know to mm -hmm. see storms and it's it's i wonder why there's so much lightning there i think like, it just has nothing. to do it i think it just has heat. to do with the heat and the humidity yeah yeah and it's just like there'll be it'll be like blue summer skies all day, right around like six thirty. Some clouds roll in, mm -hmm. like starts raining, starts lightning thunder, and then it just ends by the morning. And then yeah, Massachusetts is like that in the summer too, where like you start to get the thunder clouds as you're coming in for the afternoon trip. Uh, Finish cleaning the boat, you get home, and then the storm would break out over the house. Love it. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's like we were sitting there watching the lightning. It's just like this is amazing. It's so good. Well, I'm glad you had an awesome trip. I'm I'm a little jealous, but I'm stoked for you. I want to go someday. You'll go. It's so someday. amazing. You have to go. Everybody needs to go to Africa. And like the cultural the culture was super cool. Like our, I mean, it was 
I don't know, a lot to take in. Like, I mean, there's yeah. people, there's like, you're driving down the roads and there's women carrying like six water jugs mm-hmm. barefoot, like, mm-hmm. and you know, they're walking like a mile to a well. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, are they going to, there's no way they're going to, cause I wouldn't be able to carry two of them. So there's no way they're going to, I guess they'll get help once they're there, but like they mm-hmm. carry all the empty jugs and then they'll carry them back too. But like, they can't carry six at once. Yeah. So, and then there's, and they, oh, and then there's people like herding cattle in the street. And I guess they've like, <laughs> I guess what happened. And it'll be kids like five-year-olds are herding mm-hmm. the cows in the street. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and there's like nothing around. Like they're just walking them to where there's some grass to eat. And then they're just like holding a little stick and following just around these. Following these cows. around. Yeah. And then uh, I guess the kids have like had learned they don't do it. Like the cars aren't supposed to stop anymore, but the kids had learned that the safari cars, because there's tons of safari cars, mm-hmm. that they just run the cows out in the road because you're not allowed to hit a cow. It's like you'll go to jail. Yeah. And so they stop the cars and then they're like, sweets, sweets, like give me candy, basically. <laughs> So they like use the cows. So they Dude, have to, like, you're telling me that cows. as a child you wouldn't have done that if you knew that was a strategy. Come on now. I mean, their strategies are pretty funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, the food. Okay. I guess they call it a safari ten, but you're supposed to gain like 10 pounds while you're there. Because every meal in these like hotels is if it's not a three course meal, you're at a, have a buffet. So our first four nights were buffets for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then, and then our next, and then our next like camp had, I think I had like a buffet one night, but every other, every other meal was, um, like they bring you an appetizer, then they bring you your main and then they bring you a dessert. Dang. It's like too much, <laughs> but the food is, it's very heavily, um, Indian influence. It's like a lot of Indian food. Like you're basically mm-hmm. eating a lot of curry and chicken and like, mm-hmm. um, they have lamb and stuff, which I didn't eat, but yeah, a lot of like Indian food, um, is that just because that style of food is also popular in Kenya or because you had chefs from there or no, I, what they were, whatever they were, I don't know how they're explaining it, but basically like, I think from when they were building the railroads and stuff like that, that's oh. just their food heavily influenced. There's not, it didn't seem like there was much, I don't really know what the African food was. There was only like a couple staples, but mm-hmm. like most of it had to do with Indian food. Mm. So just maybe it just might've been in that part of Kenya or, you know, in that part of Africa, but. Yeah, a lot of Indian food. Um, they baked a lot of pastries and breads and stuff, which was really, really yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw they made like a little anniversary decoration thing in your guys's room for you and Margot. That was really yeah. cute. Chase and Margot's parents, like, they talked. They were in the car with Chase, and we were in mm-hmm. our own car for our anniversary day, and, and it was on our. It was a travel day to the new place. Mm-hmm. And so Margo's dad like bought wine and put it in the had him put it in the room. Oh, that's so nice! Chase, and like Chase, well Chase called it in for us ahead of time. Yeah, yeah and they put us in the tent closest to the water too, which was really nice. Oh, so, yeah. Cool. And then, and then they, how'd you spend your anniversary? Oh, we went to Africa. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, and that just happened to be like during that yeah. time. Yeah. But I'll tell you. Oh, so what was kind of cool about the anniversary thing is they did like a little like uh, they sang for us at dinner which is a really cool song. I'll show you another time, but they, so they give you a cake, right. And they're singing this song to us, but we didn't know what it meant Uh because it's in Swahili, but they were actually kind of just saying English. They were saying, cut the cakey, cut the, cut the. And so we were sitting there like, all right. And they're just staring at us and they keep repeating the same song over and over. And we're just looking and they wanted Margo to cut the cake. (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't know. So it was like, it's like a 30 second video of us just like smiling. (laughs) Like it was very (laughs) 
yeah, it was amazing. So everybody go to Africa, but then also come whale watching in spring with us. Yes. Yes. Well, thanks for sharing all of your safari stories. That was really cool. And uh, thanks for listening. Wish our, our secret whale of the week should probably be Pacasitas, huh? Yeah, or hippos. Hippos. It can be honorary whales. <laughs> yeah, put hippos are whales in the comments yeah. <laughs> if you see the post. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye.